Hello, Madcaps. It is your salary captain, Aaron Stewart, checking in with a special short podcast here. I'm going to start going through waiver wires. And, you know, I'm going to point out some of the obvious ones, but I'm also going to try and target some guys that we should pick up, maybe not for this upcoming week, but maybe for future matchups. And there's trends, right? Because one of the one of the things that I that I do is I read a weekly series on wide receivers that I find are widely available in, in the free agent, like after waiver wires that can be picked up and started, like Emmanuel Sanders. It's kind of the first guy I've got my target there. You should absolutely go and pick him up. Now, the tough thing is, hopefully you picked him up last week because now he's going to be super expensive. The thing with Sanders is he had a slow start to the season, but there were a lot of positive things there. The air yards were there for Emmanuel Sanders. The snap share was there. He was right behind Stephon Dix. He's been the number two receiver the entire time. Yes, you're going to have to pay the price to get Emmanuel Sanders because he had his big game. He'll still be worth it. For the Buffalo Bills, that offense, passing offense, seemed to get on the right track. Now, kind of a pivot at receiver is, let's say that you miss on Emmanuel Sanders. There's a super cheap receiver that you can get. That's, that is, he kind of reminds me of what Emmanuel Sanders was going into this on a lesser scale, but Van Jefferson of the Los Angeles Rams. Just simply put, he has a cheap piece on a really good offense in the Rams. The Rams offense goes solely through Cooper Cup. But besides Cooper Cup, and we saw it in this last game, there is Tyler Higby, there is Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson, of course. They all got around the same amount of targets, five to six targets. And Robert Woods in particular, that he was outproduced by Van Jefferson. Yes, it is just a game. But my takeaway on this one is, yeah, Cooper Cup is clearly the top passing option on this. But if something were to happen to him, it's a wide open chair there for that number one receiver role. Van Jefferson, you can easily get. No one's probably going to put a waiver claim. You don't even have to get him for the first wave of waivers. You, you can wait, get him right before the week. He's worth an ad because he's out there. He's out there playing. He's out there playing in three receiver uh, sets. He's getting snaps. Deshaun Jackson had the big game, the three catches, the 120 yards, and the touchdown. And guess what? A poor sucker in your league, the, the taco in your league, is going to go and pick him up because of that. But Deshaun Jackson had played, he put 21 snaps in that game. Only 21. It was a 32%. Like, Van Jefferson more than doubled that snap share. And before that game, in the first two weeks, Deshaun Jackson played 17 snaps. We don't want to chase the box score if it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense for Deshaun Jackson. Van Jefferson, deeper leagues, when you're trying to play the full season, if if you're set with your starters and your backups, he's worth an ad as a cheap piece of a good offense. And good offenses in the same division, Seattle Seahawks, and they are struggling a little bit. They dropped a, a road game to Minnesota, but... That's not the only news there. Tyler Lockett came out limping in the game. He dealt with some type of an injury. Admittedly, I haven't gone through the injury reports, but if Tyler Lockett were to miss games, I don't think that Freddie Swain is going to be the guy to step up and fill the void. Instead of going with Swain, let's go to a different position on the same team. 
Let's go with Gerald Everett at tight end. In these first three weeks, he hasn't had a big game. First two weeks, he was almost non-existent and was definitely dropped in leagues because he just wasn't producing. In last week's game, week three, he had five catches for 54 yards, and he didn't score a touchdown. And you know what? That's beneficial to us. He didn't score a touchdown, so no one cares. There's going to be more people picking up Deshaun Jackson than Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett's been, been out there playing. He's been playing 70% of the snaps in every single game. His route participation was 67% going into week three. We're still waiting on those numbers there, but I'm sure it's about the same. If anything, it may have gone up if Lockett were to miss games. Gerald Everett has a path to be in the number two passing option on a Russell Wilson offense. And he may not even have to put a waiver claim, just like with Van Jefferson. That's the best part about it. You can wait. You can get him with a second wave of waiver claims for the week. But you know what? Like this is how this is how you outsmart the, the people you're competing with and get ahead of them is don't wait for them to have their big game like Emmanuel Sanders. Hopefully you were grabbing them last week when he was available in 80% of leagues. So that's that's what we're trying to do here in the Dynasty Wonderland. We're trying to get these guys before they have their big breakout game. Now, of course, it's a waiver wire show. We have to talk about Chuba Hubbard. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Look, you've, you've got to, especially if you're the McCaffrey owner, you've got to go and get them. But also, don't go and spend all your fab on them. It, it's a trap. The hamstring injury, we still don't know much with McCaffrey. But let's, let's be optimistic here. Let's say that it's a mild hamstring strain. Usually, players that suffer that are going to be out for, they're going to miss about two games, no more than two games. However, that would be if the injury happened during a Sunday game. You missed two weeks, 14 days. That's your two games. Now, the injury happened on Thursday night football, which means that the Panthers' next game this upcoming Sunday is going to be 10 days from the injury. It's, it is within the realm of possibilities that Christian McCaffrey misses just this upcoming game and come back. he comes back and plays. We still don't know the severity of the injury, but if they're being cautious with the hamstring, don't go and blow all your fab on a guy that is going to start for a game or two. And also, is he going to be the workhorse? We don't know. They had picked up Royce Freeman in the offseason. Royce Freeman got a little bit of run in this game. And I would like to think that with the full week of practice, almost two weeks of practice, that Royce Freeman is going to have a role. He got out on the field for 15 snaps after the injury. I see, like, it would be optimistic thinking that Chuba Hubbard has a 70 to 30% snap share advantage with Royce Freeman. It's possible that it's closer to 60, 40. It's, we have to, we have to, we have to be careful with this. We can't assume that every backup running back is going to do what Alexander Madison did with Dalvin Cook. And if Madison is available in your leagues, you know, worth worth an ad. We don't know much about the Dalvin Cook injury. More than likely, though, Alexander Madison was already on rosters, especially because Dalvin Cook got rolled out on Sunday. Maybe you were lucky like me in the league and you got Madison. But if he's there, definitely pick him up, along with like a guy like Cordero Patterson. I 
am assuming he is already picked up in most leagues. I think on sleeper, it's it's already at 65% roster. What would that be? Rostership percentage on rosters. And, and with Patterson, the, the thing with him is he's a cheat code. He really is. He's a running back, but really he's a he's an overgrown receiver playing the running back position, which is perfect in PPR. In fact, last week he had 26 snaps and those 26 snaps, he touched the ball 13 times, including catching all seven of his targets. He's a cheat code in PPR leagues. If he's there, definitely grab him. I would grab Cordero Patterson before I grab Chuba Hubbard because Patterson, he has a defined role. Even if Mike Davis is there, Cordero Patterson's going to play about 40% of the snaps, but he's going to get the more fantasy relevant touches. He's going to get involvement in the passing game. And there's one last running back the, the, to mention. And if we go to the NFC South, Giovanni Bernard, he is Tom Brady's James White. He was targeted 10 times, caught nine passes, scored a touchdown, didn't have a single carry. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Ronald Jones is done. Ronald Jones played like 12 snaps in this one. It is safe to drop Ronald Jones. He has no passing game involvement. What does he do in this offense? He was already losing touches to Leonard Fournette, lost his starting job to Leonard Fournette. And Fournette, yes, can run and catch. But Bernard is so much better as a receiver than Leonard Fournette that it's kind of like Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis. Which running back would you rather have? Give me the pass-catching running back. He's, Giovanni Bernard is at least a guy that you could play in the flex going forward. And look at some deeper, deeper guys that we could pick up. We go to Washington. Diami Brown, is he's actually played the second most snaps amongst wide receivers. Yes, that Washington passing offense was just horrible against the Bills. Guess what? The Bills have a really good pass defense. Diami Brown put up a big old goose egg. He was only targeted a couple of times, but you know what? The snaps eventually leads to opportunities. Opportunities leads to fantasy points. In deeper leagues, we're talking it's a 14-team league. He should be on your radar because Logan Thomas is ahead of him, but Diami Brown being maybe the fourth passing option when you include Antonio Gibson and Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin. What takes is an injury, all of a sudden, fantasy relevant. And here's an interesting one. The Denver Broncos. They already, they already lost Jerry Judy to, due to the high ankle sprain. And then the news broke today that <sighs> KJ Handler tore an ACL. He's out. So Denver's down a couple of receivers. They really don't have much there. Deontay Spencer was playing a lot of snaps on offense because he's the fifth receiver, but he's there as the returner. Instead of going with Deontay Spencer, who's never been fantasy relevant, deeper leagues, go with Albert O, the tight end. I know, it's weird. He's a backup tight end, but he's super, super athletic. And on top of that, Denver Broncos, they run 12 personnel. That's one running back, two tight ends. So two tight end sets. They run 12 personnel 30% of the time. They're one of 10 teams to run it 30% of the time. So they like to utilize their tight ends. And, and oddly enough, 
when Albert O's been out there last season and this season, his hog rate is in the top 20 amongst tight ends. And when he's on the field, he's getting targeted. I expect him to be on the field more going forward. They're not going to just put Deontay Spencer in in three receiver sets. I expect to see more 12 personnel. <sighs> One other receiver that I've got, Zach Pascal, is an unsexy pickup. And he doesn't do much. But, but you know what? This Colts offense, there's got to be fantasy points coming from somewhere, somewhere in this offense. And Pascal, he's he's had some he's had some big games. He has involvement in the red zone. He gets those pivotal slot snaps. And it's not going to be all Michael Pittman all the time. You'll have to kind of pick and choose the games that you start Zach Pascal, but you'll have some games that you could start him. Absolutely. He's, he has proven year in, year out, the past couple of seasons that when his number's called, he can be fantasy relevant. Is he going to be fantasy relevant all the time? No, but because it's Zach Pascal and that name is just, there's nothing flashy about him. He's probably available. There may have been some people that picked him up and he may be a player that's dropped in order to make a waiver claim for Deshaun Jackson. Don't, don't do that. Just, just don't. Zach Pascal, he's out there. The first two weeks, he, he had been playing 90% of the snap share for the Colts, and he led the NFL in slot snaps. Like I mentioned earlier, if you're on the field, you're going to get opportunities. You get opportunities, you score fantasy points. This is how you build depth in fantasy football in your redraft leagues. You know, I would even say in a 12-team league, you need to have Zach Pascal, especially if your benches are a little bit deeper. If you got six or seven bench spots, you know, with COVID that, that came in in 2020 and carried over in 2021, some leagues expanded their, their benches. If you've got six, seven, eight bench spots, you definitely need to pick up. You definitely need to pick up some of these guys. Not that they will be fantasy relevant this upcoming week, but they will be fantasy relevant. Oh, and here's going to be a fun one because people forget about injured players. A couple of guys that you want to make sure to check your waivers, check check to make sure that they're not on rosters. Rashad Bateman. Bateman was set to smash the, this season. He, he was. He was. He was going to be possibly the number one receiver in a Baltimore offense. Baltimore clearly wanted to pass the ball more. They brought in Sammy Watkins in free agency, drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round. And you know what? If Bateman slides in and eventually takes over Sammy Watkins' spot in the starting lineup, like, hey, Watkins hasn't done diddly squat with opportunities, but he was getting snap shares and air yard shares and everything. And if Rashad Bateman's a better version of that, he can turn that into some fantasy-relevant weeks. You should absolutely add Rashad Bateman. And for running backs, one of my favorite guys to try and stash in my IR spot. You still have to wait a few weeks for him. And because of that, no one's thinking about him, but it's Jeff Wilson. This 49ers backfield is a mess. It's a mess. Trey Sermon, just <laughs> Kyle Shanahan would rather use the fullback. Kyle Juice. We're just going to call him Juice. I can't pronounce that last name, but they like to use Juice. They would give carries to Juice, the fullback, over Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon's not the answer. And with Elijah Mitchell, can you stay healthy? We don't know. 
in a few weeks. And we see this with, with San Francisco all the time. They cycle through running backs. At some point, Jeff Wilson's going to have his name called. You can bank on it. And as always, one, one of my favorite things, too, is with waiver claims, too, don't just focus on who you got and who you didn't get, but also focus on who people are drop, are dropping to pick up other players. That is pivotal on that. Use your brain, people. Use your brain. Know that your league mates are going to be short-sighted with their decisions. They, If a player doesn't produce in one week, the person that they put a waiver claim in, they'll drop them. And you know what? If he's still in a good situation, pick him up. Pick him up. That's how you could get, as I mentioned, the Emmanuel Sanders before he had his week three breakout game. And now you have to pay an arm and a leg in fab or one of your top waiver claims in order to get him. So pay attention to who people are dropping. That's all I've got for waiver wire here. We got some priority picks. We've got some people to pick up uh, more for future weeks. Have a good mixture there. And on that note, this is going to be your salary captain, Aaron Stewart, checking out.